0: Good morning. It's good to see everyone out this morning. I'll ask if you'll
1: stand with me as we sing hymn number four To God Be the Glory.
2: That's why we're here this morning, to praise the Lord. And the reason we can praise Him is because He is worthy. And I'm grateful that He has done great things. He's provided salvation to all who will believe through Jesus Christ our Lord. And I'm so thankful for that. Are you grateful to be saved today? I'm so thankful for that. I wouldn't trade it for anything in this world. And I would never want to go back to my life before Christ. I'm so thankful for what Jesus has done and what he is doing and the wonderful promise that we're going to see him he's he's made a promise that he's going to prepare a place and that where he is we will be also and uh he has those mansions that he is preparing for us in glory and we have an inheritance in glory that can't be corrupted or stolen or faded or any of that is currently ours right now our home is in heaven and i rejoice in that we're going somewhere the best is yet to come so put a smile on your face this morning we have a hope and the apostle paul said thanks be to god who gives us the victory through jesus christ our lord we are on the winning side during a pandemic and we hear about uh quarantine and all this stuff. even my son right now he is he was close to somebody that was exposed so he's sitting at home right now i hope he's watching right now uh but uh but you hear about quarantine and and there's a lot of fear around us, and, and we understand that. A lot of folks battling COVID, and, and uh, we'll, we'll be in prayer for them uh, here in just a moment. But there is a lot of things to be fearful about in this world. But when we think about our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the battle is won. The victory is ours through Him. And that's why we're here today, uh, to worship Him in spirit and in truth. And, and I just want to um, uh, just, uh, just say this morning that um, I'm so thankful that no matter what, we can call on the Lord, and He's there, and He's faithful and he's able and um this morning i asked if you would if you'd please be in prayer for joe hunter uh he's back at dominion and um and and, you know we can we can go visit him if you'd like uh they they do check your temperature and you got to wear a mask you know all those all those uh protocols but uh but i know that would uh that would be so encouraging to him and I, i plan on going to do that uh sometime this week but um uh he's had a difficult time but i just uh want to ask if you continue to pray for uh, for joe hunter also remember the richard smith family this is uh, amy winchester's papa went home to be with the lord and so i ask if you'd remember this family uh, daniel we're praying for uh for your family and and uh we love y'all I want you to know that um also um i want to remind you that uh we'll be um have an evangelist tom tucker with us next sunday uh, looking forward to having Tom. Of course, this was going to be the start to our LMA revival, but we, we canceled that. We, we thought it would be best to, to not uh, gather together with combined churches for consecutive days. And so uh, we're not having the revival, but uh, Tom Tucker will be with us next Sunday morning. And i um, looking forward to having him with us, Evangelist Tom Tucker. So do want to remind you about that also uh before we pray i want to say how grateful i am to have rick and jan brown here with us today i know many of you are are familiar with their story uh their son ethan um about i guess i guess he's about 14 or 15 or so um he was diagnosed with uh, neurofibromatosis and um and and through this battle uh ethan wanted to glorify the lord and wanted to share the gospel and he certainly did that. He fought courageously, and we saw the power of God, the grace of God, the strength of God, not only in Ethan, but in uh, Rick and Jan as well. And uh, I'm so thankful for them. And uh, I was talking with Rick this week. There's just no telling uh, through this journey how many decisions that y'all made for Ethan throughout this. Uh, but, you, but you were faithfully by his side. And, and uh, now he's in the, the, the great cloud of witnesses that the Bible talks about. And, and uh, he's cheering us on now. Uh, he's finished his course But he's cheering us on And I'm sure If E.B. could stand right here beside me First thing he'd do Is tell me how ugly I am uh, But then he would He would tell me It's worth it He's seen Jesus It's worth it Let's press on Let's keep the faith Let, Let's keep on believing And keep on praying And one of the things That E.B. wanted to do Was to write a book And he finished his book And, and, um, and these, these books We have made available To every football player At Liberty High School And um, and so if, if you've not read it, I encourage you to get it. You can find it on Amazon. Uh, we do. We may have a, a few extras. And, and what I pray today is when we take our love offering at the conclusion of the service, uh, that if we have more than we need, we'll just order more books and make, those, make this book available. It's an incredible story about God's faithfulness and, uh, and Ethan's journey um, all through this. And it's, it's really an inspiration. It'll bless your heart. I promise you that. And, um, and so we'll take a love offering after the, the service. And if you would like to write a check, you can just put LFBC, and uh, we'll put everything together, and, uh, and that, that will help us. But I'm, I'm so thankful that uh, the EB wrote his book. And then it was, it was as if, you know, uh, the Lord said, all right, your work is done, and, and he called him home. Uh, but I'm so thankful to have uh, Rick and Jan here with us today to share. Uh, from their heart with us today and uh, we want to pray for them as well this morning Uh, let's go the lord in prayer uh, as we join our hearts together let's pray together our heavenly father we come before you king of kings and lord of lords the great i am lord you are mighty and supreme there's none like you and you are worthy of our praise today and that's why we're here lord we're here to worship you and to give you praise Just like we just sang, Lord, you have done great things. And I rejoice in that. We don't deserve it, but we thank you for your grace and love. And thank you, Lord, that while we were yet sinners, you died for us. And you demonstrated your great love, the greatest love that mankind has ever known. And I thank you, Lord, that you are faithful. And a lot of times, Lord, on our journey, there'll be things along the way that we certainly won't understand. But help us, Lord, to to lean in closer to you. Lord, to talk to you, to read your word to stay close to you, Lord, and to let you guide us, let you be our strength. We thank you that you are faithful to guide us all the way. And so, Lord, I just pray today you'll help us. I pray you'll speak to us. I pray for, uh, for Amy Winchester and for her family, Richard Smith family. I pray that you will wrap your loving arms about them. I pray for Coach Day's family and for uh, the, the athletes and the students, Lord, and co-workers, Lord, that, that you'll just continue, Lord, to help them. I pray for the Tim Moore family. Lord, I ask, dear God, that you will just just be with David and Rita and Amy and and their family. I pray that you will comfort them, Lord, during this time. And may they sense your presence. And, Lord, may they find that your grace really is sufficient and your strength is perfect. So we lift up these to you, Lord, those battling COVID, those that are not well, those that have upcoming tests right now. Lord, that will be coming up. I pray for good news. I pray for your mercy. and Lord, I pray that, that you'll help us, God, to turn to you and rely on you more and more each day. Thank you again, Lord, for Rick and Jan being with us, their willingness to come and share their hearts, and I pray that you will use them, Lord, for your glory. Speak to us, Lord Jesus. May we be open and receptive to what you have for us today, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, before Rick and Jan come, we have a a video that we want to share with you to kind of introduce neurofibromatosis and and Ethan's story, Uh, and then following that, uh, Rick and Jan is going to come and share with us.
3: This ethan is always getting this picture made with pretty girls i'm telling you i only had one picture with one pretty girl that's right here we don't think can you guys hear me okay i don't thank mark for uh, allowing us to be here this is something we don't do so we're, we might mess up a time or two and if Jan talks more in three or four minutes, y'all wave her down and she'll get she'll get quiet. But thank you guys for a uh, willingness to share Ethan's message. You know, Ethan has known Mark all his life. Uh, we was looking in the, uh, the book last night from the church directory, and I think Ethan was a baby and he was probably 13, 14 years old. So uh, Mark was Ethan's youth pastor, um, but he's also been a great friend. So uh, we appreciate it back in uh, 2008 when Ethan was 16 he was diagnosed with NF type 2 and NF type 2 is the more severe version of neurofibromatosis Um, he's had five brain surgery uh, multiple doctor's appointments months of hospital stays countless hours of chemo and eventually Ethan would lose his hearing so can you imagine when you go up to Duke Knowing that when you wake up the next day, you're totally deaf. And you cannot hear a thing. And you're used to hearing the birds <clears throat> chirp, the ocean, and all the sounds and, and the music. Mark can tell you he loved music. He also lost his ability to walk. Well, he, of course, he loved playing football, so he played sports all his life, and that was taken away from him. And even to eat or drink normal foods was a challenge. Everything had to be pureed, chopped up honey thick liquids and he had kind of like a stroke where the nerves were dying around the brain stem so his speech became very hard to understand and then his vision started going so not only can he not hear, can hardly talk he can barely, uh, barely see a cell phone and he would require 24 hour care but let me tell you what he didn't lose he didn't lose his faith in God no matter how bad things got, he kept the faith. And he always believed he's gonna be better. He kept telling Jan and I that, when I get married, when I do this. And basically he had a death sentence. Neurofibromatosis is a slow, slow disease that just slowly takes your life away. And he didn't lose his humor. You know, he always liked to cut jokes like tell Mark how ugly he was. And because of his disability he could only communicate through social media so basically his life was his cell phone it was all day social media facebook whatever he could do and he loved to talk a little smack especially to gamecock fans where's where's Cole counts at i mean not the counts oh he's not here okay um well i was going to say something about georgia but we'll let that slide Uh, and he never lost his desire to minister to people and when he got sick, he felt like that was his calling. Is He would get on um, Facebook, and he would talk to people, tell his story. And they would uh, talk to him and tell their story, and they would he would communicate. And uh, he'd always uh, make sure he knew Jesus was there. And he was always looking to make friends. And no matter how bad things were going, Ethan kept his faith, and he kept looking up. But he, we also had a lot of friends that came in Ethan's life. Um, and Keelan is one of them. Keelan. That is our little god, godson. We claimed him at six months, and we keep him every weekend. And uh, I think Ethan was probably about two years after being diagnosed that Keelan was born. And uh, Keelan is Ethan's little brother. And when we were out in public people would ask Keelan who is this Ethan that's my brother so Keelan is very special and you'll see in the video if you get the book he's got a whole chapter probably dedicated to Keelan but also Ethan had a lot of other friends and one of them was Ian Desmond and the baseball player who's, uh, who did the foreword in the book and he, uh, he was Ethan's big brother so Ethan had a big brother and a little brother so he had a lot of people and the last thing I want to say before Jan says a few words is. Ethan fought the good fight. He kept the faith and he finished the race.
0: (coughs) Wow, where would we be without Jesus? Ethan was not perfect, but he was forgiven. And he loved Jesus he wanted everything in life that everybody else wants but God chose a different path for him he would get upset and cry because of his circumstances and he knew that you know he just couldn't get in a car and go and drive to a restaurant and meet his friends and and um, have a nice dinner Um, you know he couldn't just drive where he wanted to go and um, it's hard to believe you know we all um, we have to work right and um, Ethan you know I'd love to not have to work but we all do and um, who likes to but Ethan he wanted to he wanted to work you know and so um, he would cry and he would be upset and I would tell him Ethan you have today you can cry today but joy comes in the morning and you got to get up fighting and I have to remember that myself. Um, it's hard. It's hard to get up fighting, but we can do that because we have Jesus in our life. Um, Ethan told me he was going to write a book, and of course, being the great supporter I am, yeah, honey, you go right ahead and you write that book. And um, and of course, with Ethan's determination. In God's guidance, it was completed and published in January of this year. I hope you all know God's plan is always, always perfect, even if we can't see it at the time. There's a picture in the video that you'll see after we talk where Ethan is holding his phone all the way up to his nose. And he had to do that in order to be able to see um, what, you know, what, he could, what the phone had on it. And um, he wrote that book just like that. It took him, it took three years, yeah, two, and um, two and a half years, three years for it to be published. Thumb a time. Yeah, and two thumbs. <laughs> well, one, yeah. And so, um, and he did all of that, holding it that close to his face. But like I said, God had a plan. By March of this year Ethan was unable to hold his computer I mean his tablet or his phone so God's plan was he finished that book in January because God knew what was coming he got upset one day because he didn't have a job and I told him Ethan honey you do have a job and that's to show Christ to everybody I'm so proud of Ethan for allowing God to use him he didn't have to, but he made a choice to let God use him. He felt like his calling was this book. And he wanted to help other people who was going through their hard times, no matter what it was. People started sending him letters and text and Facebook messages about what the book had meant to them. And it just confirmed his feeling um, that God... He had done what God asked him to do and I just um, I miss my boy every day but I know I'll see him again and I wanted to read a couple of things from um, some of the posts that um, people had made and um, One of them was, he had, um, this person had sent this to me, and he's from D.C., and he said, I wanted you to know I finally had some free time from work and family and picked up Ethan's book. Not knowing what to expect, I could, could not put it down and finished it in one day. What a powerful and authentic message of faith, perseverance, love, and hope. It brought me to tears several times and impacted me in such a positive way. I wish my brother who survived 11 years with als could have read this Ethan reminds me a lot of him and the courage which he led his life thank you ethan for this gift i treasure it and i will share it with denise and her son jay who has epilepsy and my own daughters god bless i absolutely love this book ethan has always inspired me in reading um, inspired me in reading a book I can relate to made me feel I wasn't alone it has always shown me to keep fighting and God has a plan Ethan would tell us I'm sorry that I'm not normal I'm sorry and I would always say Ethan you are what God gave us you are part of us God gave you to us and we love you no matter what and i know that he um he loved us we loved him he knew that but we all got on each other's nerves and (laughs) and, you know just a little bit um but we you know we loved him with all of our hearts um and i want to end with this and um um, i had this put um, a personalized plate on my car and boy has the devil been on me because Was
3: that when the guy ran into you in the back?
0: Yeah. <laughs> but um, and it says E B it. And over the last few months it's been hard. And I hadn't been E it like I should. This is what E.B. in it means. This is from Mark.
3: Mark. We we stole it from Mark. Yeah,
0: we stole it from Mark. (laughs) Yesterday was indeed a special day celebrating the life and homegoing of Ethan Brown. E.B. answered God's call in his life to share his story of faith in Jesus. And the work that god is doing will continue on until jesus comes again like countless others i've been touched by eb's life and i have adopted the saying i'm just going to eb it that means when i face difficulties and discouragement i'm just going to keep pressing on and not give up like eb did faith is the victory I pressed towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Jesus Christ, Philippians 3.14. So, after doing this, after Mark asked us to speak, reviewing, you know, what we wanted to share, I realized by looking at Mark's post and E being on my car that the devil's been really on me. And It's been a reminder to E.B. at Chan. God is too good. And he has done way too much for us to let things get us down. Because we do win in the end. And we will see him again. Thank you all.
3: I got one last thing to say. Y'all heard it. The devil's been on her, not me. So, (laughs) I got witnesses here.
2: Our Heavenly Father, Lord, I come before you and Lord, I just thank you so much that all things do work together for good to those that love you and those that are called according to your purpose. And I thank you, Lord, that when your word tells us to press on in Jesus' name, God, that you give us the grace and the strength that we need. And Lord, just like Jan has reminded us, there's a real enemy out there and he would like nothing more to discourage us and to keep us, Lord, from pressing on and trusting in you. So I pray especially right now, Lord, for Jan and for Rick. I ask, Lord, that you will just continue, Lord, to just give them the grace and strength. and Lord, help them to know that you're near. And, Lord, I pray that that you'll guide them, and I pray that you'll just continue, Lord, to use Ethan's story. We thank you for his book, The Fight of My Life. I thank you, Lord, that there's not one step, there's not one heartbeat, not one breath that he took. Where you weren't right there with him, and now, Lord, his faith has turned to sight. What a glorious sight, Lord! We can't imagine, but Lord, I pray that we'll stay faithful until we see you and until we see him. And I pray that you'll use his book. We know that every football player at Liberty High School has a copy of it, and I pray, Lord, that you will speak to their hearts. I pray that you'll use it, Lord, that lives would be changed. And Lord, we pray for the days to come, God, that your work. What you want to do with E.B.'s life, Lord, would be accomplished. Help all of us, Lord, to just E.B. it, no matter what. Sometimes, Lord, we get frustrated and hurt, and and we just kind of fall out. But help us to stay in the race. Help us to press on. And I love this family so much. They mean so much. And I thank you for your grace. It is sufficient. And I pray, Lord, that you will comfort and guide them as only you can. We ask in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen.
1: If I had only
4: known the last time would be the last time I would have put off all the things I had to do I would have stayed a little longer Held on a little tighter Now would I give for one more day with you There'll be no such thing as broken, and all the old will be made new. And the thought that makes me smile now, even as the tears fall down, is that the only scars in heaven are on the hands that hold you now. No, the road you walked was anything but easy. You picked up your, your share of scars along the way. Oh, but now you're standing in the sun. You fought your fight and your race is run. The pain is all a million miles away. The only scars in heaven. It won't be long to me. There'll be no such thing as broken And all the old will be made new And the thought that makes me smile now Even as the tears fall down Is that the only scars in heaven Are on the hands that hold you now Not a day goes by that I don't see you
2: You live on in
4: all the better parts of me Until I'm standing with you in the sun I'll fight this fight and this race I'll run Until I finally see what you can see Oh, the only scars in hell It won't be long to me and you, there'll be no such thing as broken, and all the old will be made new, and the thought that makes me smile now, and even as the tears fall, That the only scars in heaven are on the hands that hold you now.
0: I ask you to stand with me. We've got a box of Kleenex on the front here if you don't if you need one. As a parent, my heart breaks for you and rejoices at the same time. And we should have put all the music first, Mark. That's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> but we have something to rejoice about this morning. Life has its heartaches.
1: But we serve a risen Savior. And as you said, we read the back of the book we went. So this morning, we're going to praise Him because His name is wonderful.
3: Heavenly Father, God, we thank you so much for this morning. Thank you for bringing us to your house, Father. And God, I just thank you for Rick and Jan Brown and their testimony, Father. And I thank you, God, that you have been faithful to them in their lives, Father. God, we know that now Ethan is, he's in glory. He sees Jesus. He's running to Jesus. And we just thank you for that promise that you have given us, Father. God, I pray that you would be with these tithes and these offerings. For us in Jesus' precious and holy name we pray.
1: Make perfect sense to us as we try to understand each move he makes. But when the path grows deep and our questions have no answers, turn to him. Back
2: Well I'm so thankful that as believers in Christ when we place our faith in the Lord He doesn't just tell us that we're on our own to just do as we please or to just rely on our own strength but God is faithful and what a privilege it is that we can bow the knee that we can spend that time with God in prayer and we can commune with God we can talk with God we can pour our hearts out to God. How important is that? Well, it's, it's vital. We can't do without it. There's no substitute for the spiritual discipline of prayer, and we need it. We're only as strong as our prayer life, and in fact, our Lord and Savior often would get alone to spend time with the Father in prayer. So what does that say for us? So I challenge us this morning as we focus on turning to God during personal tragedy the most powerful thing we can do is pray. And a lot of times we look at it and we say, well, I guess all I can do now is pray. Well, we need to be doing that anyway, but prayer is not a last resort. It's not a spare tire that we pull out when we need it. It needs to be our steering wheel. And I challenge us this morning, the faith that we need will be strengthened when we turn to God through prayer, through his word. He will empower and strengthen us and we'll know God more and more. And as we think this morning in Ezekiel chapter 24 about trusting God in personal tragedy, you know grief is not a favorite word because it reminds us of of emotional pain. Happy is a welcome word anytime. We we want to be happy all the time. We want things to go our way. We want things to make sense. You know we we deal with grief in a variety of ways. Some find themselves unable to cope with personal tragedy and need help from others just to complete the daily routines of life others react to personal tragedy with anger at least maybe for a season and I just want to say to you it's okay to be mad at God it's okay to question God don't ever think that uh, we, we should never question God it's okay to do that that might be a season that we're working through as we are dealing honestly with God and that's the only way that God deals with us is with honesty let's tell the Lord I don't understand It's okay to be angry. It's okay to question. But at some point, and I believe the power of prayer is key. As we know the Lord, as we we cling to God, as we run to God, that time of, of questioning and that time of anger, God will then replace that with an increased faith and with sufficient grace and perfect strength that we need each day. Be honest with God. And I believe that will lead us to a stronger faith. Now, if we're continuing to be bitter, you know, that's what happens if, if we continue to question. We continue to question. And we don't ever get to the place of saying, God, I don't understand. And we have to understand God's in no obligation to make sure that we do understand. That's where faith comes in. And I believe one day when we see Him, I believe it'll be worth it all. I mean, when we see our Lord and Savior face to face, I don't think we'll have any, any questions to ask Him. It'll be worth it all. May we press on. And may we keep trusting Jesus and keep on believing and keep on praying. God wants his people to trust him and to know that he is in control. The same God that's caused that sun to be where it's at right now is in control. And he brings order out of chaos. I can't do it. We try to make sense of it all. You think about this world and the chaos and the confusion that, that we find ourselves in the midst of this world. We can't do it. But God can, he's in control. And God wants us to trust Him. And so the setting here in Ezekiel 24 was a crisis of faith. As serving God got harder and even almost unbearably harder. The date of this is 588 B.C. When Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, laid siege of Jerusalem. And the crisis reached hundreds of miles east to the home of Ezekiel. And this morning I want to encourage us... That God is in control. Let's say that with me. God is in control. Let's say it again. God is in control. I want to encourage you with that this morning. Let's trust Him. And let's find His help. And, and uh, He will prepare us in dealing with personal crisis and personal tragedies. You may say, well, I've, I've, I've not experienced any tragedies. Well, just hold on. This is a lowland of sorrow. And uh, we're not guaranteed anything except that God is faithful and God is able and we need to trust God through it all. So let's focus this morning on ways that we can trust God during this personal tragedy. And I want you to see, first of all, here in Ezekiel 24, uh, verses 15 through 18, that we need to listen for God's guidance. How do we listen for God's guidance? Well, we need to seek the Lord. We need to pray, like we just just talked about. Pray, seek God. A lot of times what we do is, is... I mean, we know that. We know that we should pray. But a lot of times, especially with things that we hold dear, we hold it on a little bit tighter, and we rely on ourselves, and we just look to ourselves to do what we think we ought to do. But I want you to know, when it, especially when it doesn't make sense, the best thing we can do is rely and seek God and listen for His guidance. And you say, I wish God would speak to me. Well, folks, if you'll open the Word of God and read it out loud, you're hearing the very voice of God speaking to your heart. We have the Word of God. We have prayer. We have the Holy Spirit of God that will help us. So I want us to see in verses 15 through 18 as we begin that we need to listen for God's guidance. Follow along as we begin here in uh, Ezekiel 24, beginning at verse 15. Also the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, behold, I take away from you the desire of your eyes with one stroke. Yet you shall neither mourn nor weep, nor share, or shall your tears run down. Sigh in silence. Make no mourning from the dead. Bind your turban on your head, and put your sandals on your feet. Do not covet, or do not cover your lips, and do not eat man's bread of sorrow. So I spoke to the people in the morning, and at evening my wife died, and the next morning I did as I was commanded. Well, the Lord revealed to Ezekiel that his wife do you, do you see this in verse 15 the desire of your eyes and, and you know I, I saw a picture uh, Rick of, of Ethan with the Clemson cheerleaders I think it was and I thought man Ethan you're holding out on me I mean I never got a picture with Clemson cheerleaders and, and, uh, and, and then Rick said you know the only picture that I have is with my lovely wife and, and I would, I would, we can understand right here the desire of your eyes and that's Ezekiel's wife that he's, he's talking about And the Lord revealed to Ezekiel that his wife would die. The question is why? What's the purpose behind this tragic news? And it doesn't make sense. And then to add to this, God instructed Ezekiel that he was not to mourn, nor weep, or let tears run down his face. Ezekiel was to sigh, or to mourn, in silence. Not mourn, which included all the things that were listed in verse 17 about the turban and and all this, that was a sign of mourning. And so Ezekiel's wife was going to die. And that's the word that the Lord reminded him about. That's the personal tragedy that Ezekiel was faced with from the word of God. And I wonder, as Ezekiel mourned silently, if his wife had kind of sensed that something was up. Oftentimes, Valerie will know if something's weighing on me. I mean, she knows me better than anybody else. And I can't hide it from her. (laughs) And I can just imagine that was probably the case for Ezekiel. The desire of his eyes. He loved his wife. And the word of God was to Ezekiel that your wife is going to die. The Bible doesn't say it. But knowing his wife was going to die, I wonder if Ezekiel held his wife a little bit tighter. And told her how he loved her repeatedly. I know I sure would if I was given that word from God. And I can't imagine but also in verse 18, God said what would happen, happened. Even though we don't understand what God is up to here in verses 15 through 18 as we, as we read this passage of Scripture, we're reminded that God's Word can be trusted. And indeed, Ezekiel's beloved wife died. The fatal blow had happened. How difficult this must have been for Ezekiel. I'm sure he was overcome with emotion. Yet his instruction from the Lord was to sigh in silence and to not even mourn and not even to show it. This was not normal. <laughs> and so what? that's what Ezekiel did. After his wife died, which had to be the hardest time in his life, the hardest thing he ever faced, he did as he was commanded. We see that in verse 18. You know, it's always right to follow the commands of God you and I will never regret being obedient to the Lord and I just got to tell you I, I read right here where Ezekiel gets this tragic news about his wife but what's he doing he's listening for God's guidance this is what God is telling him to do and Ezekiel I'm sure doesn't understand it all but Ezekiel resolved that he was going to obey the Lord and do as he was commanded, and that's exactly what he did. And I, I encourage us today, maybe there's some things that don't make sense, things that we don't understand. There Maybe there's some crisis that has happened, and and, and still today, uh, it hurts, and, and we don't understand. Well, just do what you know to do, and that's obey God. Just keep trusting God. Just keep relying on the Lord, and that's what that's what Ezekiel did. Are we, are we only obedient when things go our way? Are we just fair-weather Christians? I mean, is Jesus only worthy of trusting and fully surrendering to Him as long as it makes sense to us. But when it doesn't go our way, then, uh, then we just fall out and quit. I mean, when it, when it doesn't make sense, a faith that can't be tested is a faith that can't be trusted. And Ezekiel was obedient to the Lord. The very next day, the Israelites would learn of the death of Ezekiel's wife and his lack of mourning, which turns out to be a real-time prophetic message. From the living God something's not right his wife has died and he's just kind of skipping along going through life like nothing's ever happened what's going on this is not normal and so this was being used of God as a sign to his people this is what God had in mind God has a work that he wanted to do through the prophet and as hard as it was and as difficult as it was Ezekiel trusted and obeyed and did as God commanded in the midst of his personal tragedy God was with Ezekiel. God told Ezekiel what to do, and Ezekiel did it. We don't have other details about how God provided strength for Ezekiel or how God comforted him, but we know that God indeed did that. And God do the same for you. God is faithful. I'm sure, I, I know, I've seen that in Rick and Jan's life. All through this journey, uh, there was, there was uh, tests and there was... There was scans and, and there was surgeries and, and, and you pray for good news and pray for good news and, 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 uh, and Ethan began to just continue to decline. And it's like, Lord, we're praying for this, but this over here never seems to happen. What, what's going on? This, this tragedy, this crisis, and sometimes what we ask for is not God's will. But just like Jan said, God's God's way is always best. We don't understand, but we need to trust him. And so so here Ezekiel uh, listens to the Lord and, and obeys God. You know, it's one thing to listen. It's like this morning. You know, James talks about don't just be hearers of the word, but be doers of the word. So let's not just listen to God, but let's do what God tells us to do. And that's what Ezekiel did. But second of all, we deal with personal tragedy when we listen for God's guidance and we obey his guidance. But also, we need to seek to know God better. How many of you, like me, would say, the times that I know God the most and when I draw closer to God is when things don't make sense. It's when I'm in the valley. Boy, that's where our faith is really strengthened, isn't it? If everything's making sense and it's always blue skies and sunshine and everything's going our way, uh, that, that's great, but that doesn't... You know, smooth sailing doesn't make an experienced sailor, does it? I mean, it's the difficult times, and so we need to seek to know God better. Let's purpose in our hearts here this morning. Maybe this morning the greatest thing we can do is, Lord, I want to know you more. I want to know you better. The Israelites were curious about what, uh, why Ezekiel didn't mourn the death of his wife, which God had a plan, and God is going to use that. Was he too overcome with grief to express it? Or were there deeper meanings To this strange behavior, was this a message from God? I mean, let's look at this here in verses 19 through 24. And the people said to me, Will you not tell us what these things signify to us, that you behave so? Then I answered them, The word of the Lord came to me, saying, Speak to the house of Israel. Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I will profane my sanctuary, your arrogant boast. The desire of your eyes, the delight of your soul, and your sons and daughters whom you left behind shall fall by the sword. And you shall do as I have done. You shall not cover your lips nor eat man's bread of sorrow. Your turbans shall be on your heads and your sandals on your feet. You shall neither mourn nor weep, but you shall pine away in your iniquities and mourn with one another. Thus Ezekiel is a sign to you according to all that he has done you shall do. And when this comes, here it is, you shall know that I am the Lord God. You see, it's normal to grieve. And it caught the people of Israel by surprise that Ezekiel was not grieving the sudden death of his wife. And I want to just say a word about this for a moment. Please don't take from this that God expects us not to mourn, that we should not grieve. We should grieve. We should, God made us up that way. I often worry about those that seem to be doing too good. You know what I'm saying? Maybe you go to receiving friends or something, and, 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 and they're kind of maybe acting like what Ezekiel was. We have to understand God had a perfect or a specific purpose in mind of how He instructed Ezekiel uh, to respond to His wife. And whatever God asks us to do, He will always give us the help and the strength and the grace in order to do it. And so this is a specific purpose here. It's not a sign of strength to not mourn. We grieve, we need to grieve. And, and so I don't want, I want anybody to, to misunderstand me this morning. This, this, this was God's plan for this specific purpose in time. It, it's never a sign of weakness to mourning. Don't try to be Superman or Superwoman. Go ahead, let it out. Grieve, cry, let it, we need to do that. That's normal. Obviously to do what God asked them to do required faith and strength from the Lord. So what was God's purpose? Well, we're about to, to see in, here in verses 19 through 24. With Ezekiel showing no sign of remorse and no sign of, of mourning is, was, was an unusual expression of sorrow. And God's plan worked perfectly because God was now going to speak once again through Ezekiel to His people and Ezekiel would learn why his wife had died. God's word was first that they were about to lose their d- delight of their hearts. Just like, just like Ezekiel lost the, desire, the delight of his eyes, they were about to lose the desire of their hearts, which was the temple in Jerusalem. That was their pride and joy. They loved their city, Jerusalem. And God is going, the judgment of God is going to fall. He's going to wipe out uh, Jerusalem it's going to fall the temple is going to fall and, and that, that was going to be a catastrophic devastation for the people of God and of course in 586 BC when Nebuchadnezzar ordered the complete and total destruction of Jerusalem God's word was fulfilled his word always is fulfilled always and so like Ezekiel uh, he didn't mourn the death of his wife the people were instructed not to mourn as well They were to avoid all public expressions of sorrow. They would waste away to their sin and would have no expression other than to groan in agony for one another. Now I do want to say that the people of God were rebellious against God. They didn't obey God. They even worshipped idols. And so now the judgment of God is going to fall on His people. Is it ever worth it to turn away from God? To not obey God? Never. Never. And the people of God, as they often did when they didn't trust God, they suffered. And here they're suffering again. God, God's purpose in, in verse 24 is as a result of Ezekiel's wife and his response to the Lord instructed him, if, if just one person would turn back to God, it would be worth it. If, if they would just repent. The, the key, though, is, is in verse 25, you shall know that I am the Lord God. You see what God is doing? God is causing a personal catastrophic crisis and tragedy, not only in Ezekiel's life, but in the lives of the people of Israel that that their beloved city would fall, but also their sons and daughters. And they were to respond just like Ezekiel with no mourning. Can you imagine? God is getting the attention of His people. Their people rebelled against God. They disobeyed. Now they're suffering as a result. You show me someone running from God, someone that's not right with God, and I'll show you somebody that's suffering. And it doesn't have to be that way. And the people of God had disobeyed. I pray that we'll check up on our walk with God right now. Where are we? Are we close to the Lord? Are we trusting God? Are we where we need to be? Are we honoring God? Well, here in, in, uh, in Ezekiel 24, uh, we need to seek to know God better. And, and this is God's word to his people wasn't what they wanted to hear. I'm sure this this isn't what Ezekiel signed up for. But this was God's plan. And the whole point in verse 25, I want want to read it once again, or verse 24, You shall know that I am the Lord God. If we come to that conclusion, then that's the greatest conclusion we can ever come to. Whatever it is in your life, I pray that we'll come to the conclusion that we'll know that the Lord is God. Let's trust Him this morning. So when we seek, uh, we seek God's face during tragedy, we seek God's instruction, we need to seek to know Him better. But finally, in verses 25 and 27, and I'm going to close, we need to trust that God is in control. A crisis of faith happens when tragedy hits home. Boy, that's the case here in Ezekiel 20, uh, 24. It's always good to have Christian friends to remind us to hang on when, uh, with our faith in God continue to trust God if we're open to the Lord He will prepare us to deal successfully with with our personal time of grief He's always faithful He's always able I shared this Wednesday night and I know Rick and Jan I know you remember uh, Lawrence and Gene Eisler and I remember this crisis this tragedy in their life if this was a time when Mark, he had battled weight his whole life. And he was, he was working out, going to the gym, changed his diet. He was dealing with a lot of stress, uh, you know, with, with especially when, uh, when, Lawrence, when the Lord called Lawrence home. And, and Lawrence had been in the hospital so many times. And, and um, there were times that I would go see Lawrence in the hospital and think that I don't know that he's going to make it through the night. And I'll never forget, I, I went back one morning to see Lawrence. And, and it was one of those times he was really low. And I walk in there, and he is sitting up, and he's watching The prices ride. Right. <laughs> and uh, for some reason, the showcase that those models were, were showcasing was boxing equipment. So here's these beautiful models, and they're kind of doing this right here. And I said I said, his nickname was Box. I said, Box, I said, you think you could take her? He said, I don't know, but I sure would like to try. <laughs> and so... Here's here's Lawrence, and he had. You remember the journey, and how often he was in the he was in the hospital, and 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 uh, he loved the Lord, and and it's and it's great that you can even you can even find humor and and laughter even in in times like that, and and that was that was Lawrence, and and then I, I remember um, Lawrence had had already passed away, and Jean was there with Mark, and. And Mark was kind of Gene's rock, and he was taking care of the business matters of the home and was working, and, and boy, he was doing great. He, he had lost a lot of weight and had, uh, had, had changed his diet and all this kind of stuff. And, and, and then all of a sudden, he had come back from the gym. I'll never forget it. I, was, I had just passed Ingalls and was on my way to Easley, and I got a phone call from our secretary at Eastside at the time. Uh, and, and her husband was the fire chief. Uh, Lou Sargent, Mike Sargent was the fire chief at that time. She said, "Mark, she said something's bad happened at the Islers and you need to you need to go over there." And uh, what had happened was, Mark was was on his way in the house and just collapsed right there, massive heart attack. And uh, he 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 went from before he hit the ground, he was in glory. And and I remember, I remember going to to Jean's house. And I remember sitting there with her on her couch. And I, and I, and I learned a lot that, that, that day. I remember thinking, you've always got to say the right thing, you know. And I remember sitting there beside Jean. Her husband's gone on to glory. Her son now. This tragedy. God has, take, has called Mark home. And there's, there this widow sits. And, I, and I, I was holding her hand. And I said, Jean, we're going to get through this one step at a time she said what step she couldn't even imagine another step and I thought the best thing I can do is just hush and just hold her hand and, and so you know it's good to have Christian friends that will be there with us we don't always need to correct sometimes we just need to be there just be there for them and, 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 I, and I remember this crisis in in Jean's life and maybe that's you this morning you don't know what step to take you're overwhelmed maybe maybe there's situations in your life and you don't understand well I want you to see in verses 25-27 through as we close that we need to trust that God is in control do we believe this morning that there's ever a time that God's out of control I mean certainly God has never lost control and when I talk about bowing the knee and praying we're not informing God about anything He already knows. But we go to God, not for His benefit, but for our benefit. And we just trust that He is in control. Look with me in verses 25 and 27. And you, son of man. Now that reference, son of man, that's the second time. Back in 15, uh, when the Lord addressed Ezekiel, He referred to him as son of man. That's just a reference to His humanity. Uh, He's limited. He's not God. And and I think that's a reminder to Ezekiel that you're just mere human. And so God is reminding Ezekiel that he's, we're just human. We're so limited. But praise God, he's unlimited. He's in control. Notice this once again. Will it not be in the day when I take from them their stronghold, their joy and their glory, the desire of their eyes, and that on which they set their minds, their sons and their daughters, that on that day, one is, who escapes will come to you to let you hear, with your, hear it with your ears, On that day your mouth will be opened to him who has escaped. You shall speak no longer, be mute. Thus you will be a sign to them, and they shall know that I am the Lord. God used Ezekiel as as a sign to his people, and now here in verses 25 and 26, the Lord speaks again to Ezekiel, and his sure judgment is going to fall on Jerusalem, its people, its commerce, its structure, and its beloved temple. Their pride and joy. And it's going to be a catastrophic fall. And the Israelites, they loved their city. And it had reached a point of of, of God sending judgment on them for idol worship and rebellion against God. The loss of Jerusalem was going to be a, a, a terrible blow to them. The delight of their eyes. Also, their love for the city was not only was not their only love of course they loved their sons and daughters and now it was just a matter of time for Ezekiel to wait for the hammer of the judgment of God to come down one powerful blow to crush the city and the people they had gotten so far from God they had worshipped idols they weren't where they were supposed to be and really this is the best thing that could happen to them because they needed to get back to know that the Lord was God But they were so far from God. And in verse 27, when Ezekiel would be informed about Jerusalem's fall, his mouth would be opened up. Now that goes back to chapter 3. God muted Ezekiel's mouth. And from that time on, the only time that he would speak was when he had a word from God and a message from God, and then God would enable Ezekiel to speak. But now when this happens, when he gets message that Jerusalem has fallen then uh, God tells Ezekiel that he'll be open to speak freely about the news again. He hadn't been able to do that. Ezekiel allowed, uh, was allowed time now to speak, and that would be a sign to the people that God is in control of every situation. And then his message would then turn from judgment, and we'll see in the next coming weeks that it will turn to hope, the message of hope. God is faithful. And so when it doesn't make sense, as it didn't make sense, I'm sure, humanly to Ezekiel, son of man, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense to the people, but they were to trust that God was in control. I just want to ask you this morning, when tragedy hits home, do we remain open to God's guidance? Do we seek God? Or do we just go through relying on ourself? I can just be a a testimony to you this morning. When my hands are on it, and when I do it my way, I fall flat on my face. And you know what? I need to fall flat on my face because who am I to think that I can handle it and do it on my own? Falling flat on our face can be a a humbling experience. But we need that humbling experience if it will cause us to run to God. And so, how do we handle personal tragedy and crisis? Well, we, we seek to know the Lord. We seek to listen to God and to rely on Him. And we trust in Him. When others see God at work in our life, during our time of grief, they'll also maybe be drawn to Him. I, I believe this morning, um, the, the testimony, this is, real, this is real life, what Rick and Jan have shared. This is their journey. This, this is where they are. But you know what? They're not alone. God is with them. God is faithful. And I pray that it would, that it would draw us to trust God more, to know that when the when the bottom falls out and when when times of crisis hit that we can seek God and listen to God and he's faithful, God was faithful with his people oh it, he didn't his word wasn't what they wanted, but he was right there with them to guide them and, and bring them through that if they 'll just turn and then they, the end result was that they would know that i 'm the Lord God, Heavenly Father, Lord, we come before you in Jesus name, and we thank you, Lord that though a lot of times our journey is tough and we don't understand there's hardships even crises and tragedies Lord that comes our way we thank you that you're in control of it all and maybe there's someone here today Lord they don't understand some things in their life I pray Lord that they'll they'll listen to you they'll call on your name they'll trust in you they'll read your word and apply it to to their life not just hear it but to apply it and obey it Lord just like ezekiel in verse 18 i pray that every one of us would say that i did as i was commanded help us to be faithful to you you will be faithful to us to help us along the way thank you lord we've got real difficulties and real hardships in life but we've got a real god who's on the throne and who's able so help us lord to respond may we say yes to you and draw ever closer to you and trust that you're in control God, I pray you'll help us today as only you can. Lord, I pray that we'll come this morning and we'll respond and we'll trust you more and more. God, that you'll work in our hearts and lives. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you come as Donna leads us? I surrender all. Would you do that? every head bowed and every eye closed our musicians are continuing to play I just encourage you right now just look to the Lord just seek God right now ask God to speak to your heart maybe there's something you've been holding on to you don't understand it's been difficult and you've held on to it long enough why don't you release it and trust in God right now the altar is open I encourage you to come oh I'd love to pray with you this morning let God have his way all things work together for good to those that are the called according to God's purpose. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Paul shares that because he was suffering, going through hardships. And he says, through Christ, I can do all things. You can too, but it's through Christ. Maybe this morning you want to come and say, Lord, I've, I've handled it long enough. But I want, to, I want to live my life in Christ, through Christ trusting him, would you come? Thank you, and you may be seated. I want to go ahead and call our ushers forward, and uh, once again, this is a uh, free will love offering to help us with the cost of um, the fight of my life, uh, Ethan Brown's story, Ethan's book. And uh, once again, we've, um, we've purchased 80 copies of this and made it available to our football team, and it's my prayer that we'll be able to, that we, we're going to regardless, that we'll purchase more uh, to make these available uh, to all our students here and, uh, and even, even beyond. So um, I know Rick is, is, uh, has visited and taught with some schools about having this in the library in our schools. And, and um, so uh, we just continue to pray that God will use this book and use E.B.'s story uh, and that lives will be changed. And just like with Ezekiel, if just one person would have repented, it would have been worth it all. And I'm sure uh, I, we know people have been saved as a result of this, but just one person is worth it all. And um, so we want to receive this love offering. We want to pray for it right now. And again, if you have a check, just make that out to Liberty First Baptist Church or LFBC. And then we'll put it all together and it'll go towards that. But let's pray together. Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, I just want to thank you that no matter what, you are in control. Lord, you are sovereign. And Lord, I thank you that we can trust you, especially when it doesn't make sense. When we go through personal tragedies and crisis in our life. You're with us. You're faithful and you're able. And Lord, I just ask right now that you will bless this offering. God, that it will go towards allowing this book to go into some student's hand or into some person's hand. God, that you will use it. Lord, that they'll trust in you as Lord and Savior. Or if they're going through hardships, maybe they're running from you. God, that they'll come back to you. Whatever it is that you want to do through it, I pray that you will do your work. Bless this offering again, we ask, in Jesus' name, amen. Jan, if they will stand down front here. Now, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to send a picture to Josh and tell Josh that Rick and Jan joined our church this morning. <laughs> no, but, you, but I'm going to ask them to come and stand this morning, and, and if, if you want to come by and, and, just, and just wave at them, you know, with, with social distance, I understand that, but just encourage them and, uh, and let them know how thankful you are for what they shared, uh, shared their hearts with us today. And, um, and I, I, remember, I remember E.B. And, and R.A.'s, and he loved McCall R.A. Camp. Man, he loved that. And um, I remember in the God Squad. I don't know if they still have God Squad at, at Eastside, um, but, uh, but I remember the days of God Squad, 4th through 6th grade, going to Atlanta and Whitewater, and, and Kristen was there. She remembers all that, and, and uh, Six Flags, Carowinds, and, and then uh, youth, when, when uh, Ethan and Kristen finally made it to youth group, um, we, i remember those those days and ethan loved tnts we called it tuesday night together our tuesday night bible study during the summers and and uh, he was always there a lot of times the first one there and always the first one to we always had pizza or we'd grill out but he was always the first one and a lot of times he'd send me a text mark what are we having tonight you know he always wanted to know that um he loved to eat but um but uh infuge what can i say you know I, I, think, I think it was Mobile, Alabama. We were down there at the Boys and Girls Home of the South. And, and uh, I still have images of E.B. just running around, those kids chasing him. And, and uh, he's running right now, too, running the streets of gold. Um, but God is faithful all the way. And um, I'm so thankful for y'all being here today and sharing with us. What a special day. And I'm so thankful for the, just the spirit that's in this place today. And, and what a great day. But I hope you'll come and, and encourage them. And uh, thank you for being here. I encourage you to be back tonight. Looking forward to being back together once again. Would you stand together? And uh, Donna's going to lead us. Yeah, Miles. Feel you, Miles. We, we so know. Yeah. 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 He he did do that, didn't he? He gave them hugs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Well, let's stand together and be dismissed. Thank you for being here today. God bless.